0: hey good morning everybody scott luton here with you on supply chain now welcome to today's show on today's show we're gonna be diving into the perspective of the now generation a trio of bright students that are already making their mark in the business world even before they graduate which is just around the corner so stay tuned for an intriguing conversation but i'm joined before our home run panel uh joins us here today i'm joined by my special very special co-host uh, dr brian fugit supply chain professor Orrin Harris Endowed Chair, Department Chair, all for the top-ranked University of Arkansas, Walton College of Business, the Supply Chain Management Department. Brian, how you doing?
1: Doing great. Thanks, Scott. I'm excited to be on here. And, and I'm you know, you've given me a role of co-host, and so I'm learning from the best. And, and so it's a, it's a lot of fun. Thank you. You bet. Well, hey, it was such a pleasure to reconnect with you
0: or really to meet you for the first time a few months back. I feel like it's been in the works for a while because we've been admirers of of you and the program and the team for quite some time. And now not only do we get a chance to rub elbows with you, but the best parts we get to uh, hear from your students
1: and what's on their mind. Right. No kidding. No kidding. This is what excited me the most is to be able to show the world some of our students and uh, they're just phenomenal. They inspire me. Uh, every week, and, and I know they're going to do the same here. So thanks for this opportunity. You bet. Well, the whole Supply Chain Now team is excited to do
0: it and looking forward to it. So with no further ado, I want to uh, very briefly introduce our special guests here today as we bring them in. Uh, up first, we have Angel De Cruz-Calleros, a senior at University of Arkansas, who has already been in industry for over six years and has created several big wins. Next up, uh, Megan Formalt, a junior who is also get this president of the Arkansas chapter of Women Impacting Supply Chain Excellence. Man. And finally, we have Spencer Ligon, a senior who is also uh, an executive. Uh, he's president of the Arkansas Supply Chain Association, one of the student clubs there on campus. So let's bring in our guests. Hey, hey, Angel, Spencer, Megan, how are we doing? Doing great, thank doing you. Doing
2: great.
0: Yeah, doing great. It is so yeah, good you to honest. see. You bet, Megan. It's so good to see all three of y'all. Your ears have been burning. Brian has told us a lot about what you've been up to. Uh, as we mentioned, you're already making a big impact. Uh, we like to call that the, the now generation. It's not the next generation. It's the now in, in, uh, generation based on what you're doing. And Brian, we're tickled to have all three here. Mm-hmm. But hey, I'll get, uh, Brian, I'll let you also welcome in our esteemed panel here.
1: Yeah, so thanks. Thanks, guys, for being here. Uh, All three of you, you know, have made an impact here already. And when I asked the faculty, who should we have on this, Uh, your names came up and, and it's because of the impact you've had. And we know you're gonna make an impact uh, when you go out. And so thank you. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly, man,
0: that's got to make y'all's day to hear uh, that from uh, Dr. Fugate. So um, so I want to get to know each of y'all a little better. We want to maximize our time here. Hopefully, maybe next time we can do this in person. You never know. Uh, But here today, let's, let's start with you, Angel. So tell us where did you grow up and tell us why supply chain?
3: Yeah, so I actually grew up down the road over in Springdale, Arkansas. Um, and so all I heard all my life was Razorbacks, Razorbacks, Razorbacks. Right. (laughs) And so I definitely, you know, grew up really big on sports too, you know, uh, love sports, uh, especially football and basketball. Um, Okay. Yeah. And so, as you mentioned earlier, I've been working over for, over at Walmart for, man, since about 2015. So it's been a long time that I've been over there for now. Um, and, uh, thankfully because of the skills and all the education that I got here at the university. I had the incredible opportunity of serving as a uh, global procurement in, uh, intern over at the Walmart home office this summer. And so I would say, upon a successful completion of the internship, I was offered a full time role upon graduation, which I proudly accepted. And um, yeah, and the reason why I decided to choose supply chain, just to give you a little bit of a background, originally I thought I wanted to be a, an accountant. Um, my mentor is actually an accountant. His name is really? Harold Castro. And you want a- to be an accountant, yeah.
0: Angel? Really? <laughs> I think you're the first person I've met through a thousand episodes. No, of course, I'm kidding. I'm loving on our CPA <laughs> friends. I'm just picking. But all right, so Angel, you said initially you thought you wanted to be an accountant, right?
3: Yeah, so originally I thought I wanted to be an accountant, and I even got connected with my mentor, Harold Castro, who's one of the directors over at Walmart right now. And so I originally thought that that was my thing, but I quickly realized, you know, that just kind of wasn't spiking my interest. Uh, Took a supply chain course over at Northwest Arkansas Community College and really realized that, you know, kind of spiked my interest a little bit. And what really got me kind of going a little bit was uh, the whole toilet paper shortage. So whenever I was, whenever the pandemic started, I was actually working over at the store and consumers always, you know, customers would always come up to me and ask me, hey, where the heck is my toilet paper? Where's the toilet paper? And I would always say, I don't know, yeah. And so in order for me to kind of answer their questions a little bit, um, I started doing my own research and started listening to the podcast, started, you started know, reading articles to figure out what the heck was going on with the toilet paper. And that's what really got me kind of kind of lit my, my light bulb, so to speak, a little bit and got me a little more curious about supply chain. And I really realized how important it is to have an efficient supply chain. And I knew a career in the supply chain field would be impactful.
0: Love it, man. Okay. So Brian, bringing you back in this. Uh, that to- whole toilet paper <laughs> issue is like the gift that unfortunately keeps on giving. But Brian, if it if it turns the light bulb on with bright
1: people like Angel and anyone else, that's a great win, Brian. Huh? Toilet bowl paper or toilet paper or whatever <laughs> else we're happy with um, <laughs> if it turns people onto supply chains. So definitely a gift. That is right. That is right. Yeah. So
0: a lot of times, um, as as we interview practitioners, that have been there uh, for a while. You know, they kind of get have gotten tired of getting that question from their family members. Mm. However, this is the first time I have really looked at it so, so much differently because it it puts people on the supply chain. We need all the, the bright and the best young talent coming into supply chain, all, all kinds of talent. So, Angel, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, I want to move over to Megan, Megan Formwalt. Uh, so same question for you. Where'd you grow up and, and why supply chain?
2: Yeah, so I'm originally from Kansas City, Kansas. I feel like I have to clarify that because we've got some beef with the Missouri side. Um, But I chose Arkansas because I knew it had a great business program and it wasn't that far away from home. It's only about three and a half hours south of where I'm from, which was perfect for me. Um, But the reason why I chose supply chain is I am actually an economics and supply chain double major. And I came into school just econ, honestly hadn't even heard the phrase supply chain in my entire life. But when I really started to realize that supply chain was the path for me is when I kind of took a look at both the majors and, you know, econ, I fell in love with, it was great. Um, It does a phenomenal job of identifying inefficiencies and problems in different markets, which was great, but it never actually solves problems. Um, And supply chain is really where you take that information and you actually get to see the change take place. So for me i wanted to be a little bit more action-centered i didn't just want to see problems i wanted to solve them and that was the reason why i chose supply chain
0: wow well said so uh a couple follow-up points there uh i spent two years with air force in wichita kansas and really came to love the state of kansas passed through kansas city a couple of times both versions i don't want to i don't want to stir the the pot with the 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 rivalry there but love the midwest uh and then secondly brian um you know that combination of supply chain prowess and uh, economics. That's going to be quite,
1: quite a, uh, p- uh, a force of nature, huh? Yeah, no doubt. So, right. The, the economics gives you the basics. If you don't understand these basics of supply and demand and how things are affecting supply and demand at, at that level, at the market level, it's going to be hard to make those decisions on a day-to-day basis. Additionally, I'll add, given everything that's happened recently politically and mm. and the government influence on supply chains and all that's going on there an economics perspective is going to help megan kind of manage those waters really you know the rest of her career so i think it's a great combination well said well said all right so we got quite so far a dangerous duo
0: between angel and megan and then we're going to get over to spencer liggan kind of our cleanup hitter today at least thus far so spencer same question for you where'd you grow up and why supply chain
4: yeah, so I grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas. So similar to Angel, we we had the Razorbacks come to town a couple of times. So I just grew around that and wanted to come here to U of A. Um, pretty much how I got into supply chain was an interest in international business. So that's what I came into college with. I just love the aspect of working abroad or working with teams abroad. So it goes it goes well with my minor in Mandarin. And from that, I took a supply chain class and I found it was a, it was a really practical way to to kind of go the path I want. So I took it and it was just a perfect fit for me. I, I love the all the aspects and especially focusing on how the world is connected. So I'm loving it so far. Wonderful, wonderful man. Uh... Y'all are getting
0: our our, our juices going. Uh, I, I love the passion all three of y'all already bring to the table, and what you see probably even 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 better what y'all see in terms of opportunity, and and what you want to do uh, across global supply chain. Uh, Brian, what'd you hear there from Spencer?
1: Yeah, so so Spencer um, has has come in and and brought in a perspective, uh, an international perspective, and so because of his mandarin uh I know in one class at least one said that they were talking about global supply chains in asia and all of that and so they turned to spencer and spencer kind of knows more than just the language and and so he was able to bring that side in and he does a he does a really good job with with that as well as as leading you know some of our clubs okay
0: love to hear that good stuff there angel spencer and megan uh so i want to Really quick, uh, we're going to continue to gain the um, point of view from our students. But Brian, uh, Dr. Fugate, who leads the supply chain management department there at the number one ranked University of Arkansas. Brian, l- Let's talk about you a little bit. Uh, some folks may not know about your um, your incredible journey thus far prior to what you do uh, at the University of Arkansas. So where would you grow up? And give us maybe a, a little bit about your background.
1: Yeah, so I grew up I grew up on a pig farm. Uh, seven thousand head pig farm, and and so I, I can honestly say I come come to the Razorbacks very honestly, uh, and and I'm truly you know I like the, the the pigs, right? So, um, so we as a kid, we we had a four hundred head hog, hog operation that went to seven thousand uh, all the way through my wow. high school, and so I saw those things happen. I didn't know it was called supply chain or operations. We were making decisions, but that excited me the ability to run and see things flow run operations back and forth uh which led me to to do it being an industrial engineer uh at, at the university of tennessee went into uh worked at several different places in supplier development at delta airlines i worked at in the auto industry implementing lean and just in time and you know all those things that that we're all talking about right now right right uh, and then ended up working in worldwide logistics and supplier development at John Deere and loved that. Um, my wife asked me, you know, Hey, if, if you could do anything you wanted to do, if you, if you inherited millions of dollars, what would you do? And I said, I wanted to go learn. I wanted to research and consult. And so I went back and got my PhD in supply chain management and fell in love with teaching as well. And so went, so several different places, and and ended up at the University of Arkansas about five six years ago.
0: I love that. Never look back, and of course, uh, you're widely recognized by folks across industry uh, for you know the the program that you and your peers have created there, and how you engage these incredibly bright people uh, as we're witnessing here today. So I really appreciate what you you do. Uh, it, it you know building that pipeline of bright talent. Uh, that's that's how we're going to change how we do things and, and take care of everybody. So thank you so much, uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Um All right. So I want to get back, uh, Angel. Uh, I'm going to start with you here with this next question. It's about, you know, there's so much to track these days. Uh, even if it's even if we do focus just on global supply chain, not global business, there's so much going on. So I, I want to figure out what's one thing that each of y'all may be tracking more than others, just wide open, uh, whether it's, you know, disruption, challenges, leadership, innovation, you name it. What's one thing, uh, Angel, you're tracking more than others right now?
3: Uh, I think what's piquing my interest right now is the role that technology is going to have on the supply chain in the future. Uh, you hear all about the autonomous driver driving uh, trucks. And uh, I even heard a podcast the other day about somebody going on a tour in like uh, a like automated warehouse and so I'm currently working over at a distribution center for Walmart and so after I listened to that podcast I really started to pay attention about these little things right um the little day-to-day tasks that I'm doing I'm not just kind of focusing on my own silo so to speak and kind of discovering how my department has an impact on the overall process and so just kind of looking for those kind of opportunities for automation and finding out that if there is automation obviously there's less room for human error and more more room for uh efficiency and so that's what's been kind of piquing my interest a little bit, just how how technology is going to impact the supply chain overall.
0: Love that. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe you're minoring in the ERP. Uh, so, yeah, you've got a lot of expertise, growing expertise there. <laughs> One quick follow up. Do You see, uh, obviously, technology has really immersed itself across all aspects of business these days and, and maybe uh, even more so the last 18, 24 months. Do you see where uh, technology, when effectively applied, though, it can create opportunities for the human workforce to advance and, and, and do more fulfilling work?
3: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I talk about it with my coworkers all the time. Uh, I talk about them, about the opportunities for automation inside of the distribution center. And they definitely agree, you know, a lot of our day to day tasks can just become more streamlined and more efficient. Um, and, you know, maybe like a 12 hour workday might be cut down to like an eight hour workday. So we're able to enjoy ourselves a little more. Right. And so they and you uh, it leads to like less stress on the body as well. You're not having to do as much physical work, you know, and just kind of more supervising and stuff. And so there's definitely a big, huge need. And uh, I'm definitely excited to be a part of that change.
0: Love that. we got to take care of of the workforce. Right. And if we can make it easier and give them more fulfilling work, uh, that's a big part of the equation. So thank you so much there, uh, Angel. Uh, Megan, same question for you, Uh, whether it's technology or something else, what are you tracking? What's one thing maybe you're tracking more than others across global supply chain?
2: Yeah, so the part of supply chain that really kind of piques my interest is the supply relationship side. And I think COVID has completely changed how we see companies dealing with their suppliers. And I found that so interesting to be looking into. I think like pre-pandemic, I think some companies were starting to move more into long-term relationships with suppliers and kind of building those relationships, but we still saw a lot of companies having a very transactional approach with their suppliers, where it's like, what can I get for the lowest cost? And that was kind of the end of that discussion. But during COVID, we saw that that's not possible. You saw the weaknesses that companies had when they didn't have those strong relationships with suppliers, and they didn't have that upstream visibility. So something that I think is so interesting just hearing from all of our industry professionals in the area. Is one of the biggest takeaways they have from the pandemic is we need to rethink how we deal with our suppliers. We need to find more diverse suppliers. We need to have better relationships, and we have to be more open with them. So I think going to continue to see that trend into the future, um, especially as we even see stuff overseas with some political issues as well. It's just going to get more and more important.
0: Well said, and and frankly, amen, uh, Brian. I'm mm-hmm. gonna bring you back in here. Uh, Dr. Fugit, I know you've done a lot of work in your background, that supplier development, which is so critical on the relationship. And we're seeing from what at least we've seen and talking to folks and and out in out in the field, um, much more forward looking approaches to uh, building those stronger and different relationships with suppliers. But Brian, what say you?
1: Yeah, so that's, this is a a really interesting topic. And, and Megan, I think that's, that's really insightful it's what we're you know the 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 thought leaders like scott and and others in the industry are are trying to grapple with right now um, twenty years ago, when I came into academia uh, that's what I wanted to study was was this supplier relationship and at the time it was fascinating to talk about collaboration and trust and and all of these kinds of things because it was different from what had been b- before it was new. But what you found over the next 20 years is it rarely, rarely, rarely happened. It was talked a lot about, um, and studies will show is like less than 1% that were truly, truly collaborative. Um, and, but what we're seeing now is exactly what you're saying, uh, Scott is, is that they're really pushing and you're starting to say, see it because they're now dependent on each other. They have to do that or else they're not going to survive. And so um, it really, that's great to hear, uh, you know, one of our students kind of thinking that way. So thanks, Megan.
0: I agree with you. Um, And, and, you know, we hear a lot about uh, the customer experience and rightfully so. We're hearing more, thankfully, about the employee experience. Love that development. User experience, you name it. But you know, what both Brian and Megan are talking about is we should be perhaps measuring that supplier experience, right? Because we've mm-hmm. got to protect and invest in those relationships because you know, hey, more and more suppliers are trying to focus on smart business and where the relationship is even uh maybe evenly uh geared is not the right word, but it just works for everybody. So thank you mm-hmm. for your comments there, uh, Dr. Fugit. Um, all right. So Spencer, um, let's same question. what's one thing across global supply chain, global business that you're tracking
4: more than others? Well, it's actually similar to Megan's on the diversifying suppliers, but I've been researching a lot about just the changes of global production, global sourcing, um, in the, especially in the last couple of years where it's, pre, it's shifted from focusing on like China-centric of Getting all of your goods—that's where all the global supply chains pretty much start in. And now it's shifting to other Asian countries. Or you get into the topics of like nearshoring, reshoring, uh, or manufacturing jobs coming back, or are they just going to additional low-cost countries? Um, so I can kind of focus on that. Um, get get updates on where country, what what are companies moving to? Uh, I find it really fascinating and constantly evolving.
0: Agreed. Um, it's such a great point. It, it, it's, it has really been fascinating to see some of the uh, some of the decisions that didn't change uh, some of our uh, some of industries sourcing um, uh, countries where they get certain things from. And then some of the big changes that have uh, been made, uh, I think Turkey, uh, Turkey has set recent records on the apparel productivity, apparel manufacturing market. And it's just it's in many ways the world's being kind of reset a bit, which is opening doors of opportunities for many folks, entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. uh, members of the local workforce, you name it. Uh, So uh, good stuff there, Spencer. And by the way, I got to ask Spencer Mandarin, Mm -hmm. how difficult I I had a hard time, took Spanish as a second language in high school and in college, and I I struggle with English. So naturally, I'm gonna struggle with any other uh, language. But how difficult was it to learn uh, Mandarin as a second language?
4: Well, I, w- I wouldn't say I already have it as a second language. I'm definitely not fluent, but I enjoy learning it. Uh, and personally, I actually find it easier than Spanish, only that Spanish and English are, are sim- have lots of similarities. And so it just gets jumbled up in my mind a bit. But <laughs> Chinese is as like opposite as you can get. So I can really differentiate the two. All right. So, so maybe I can get some lessons from you down the road a bit. Um, all right. So,
0: um, so Brian, you know, we, we covered a lot there from technology to supplier relationships uh, to diversifying or your sourcing and procurement, you name it. Some of the shifts that have happened and some of those that haven't happened. Um, Dr. Fugit, what, what else stood out to you from what uh, uh, Spencer just shared?
1: Yeah, so, so Spencer, um, uh, it, 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 this, is, this is all coming together kind of across the three students. And what you'll see is, is we're in retail world, right? Historically. Um, but what you heard them talk about was very global impact things, both Spencer and Megan, and trying to understand how that's coming in, right? All the way down here to Northwest Arkansas. And I know Megan's going to, you know, she's going to <laughs> McDonald's right uh, this summer and and Spencer going off to Whirlpool, but, but, okay. um, but, but they're thinking globally right and and then of course you hear angel talk about technology in in a in a really important way and so um i you know a lot of fascinating fun opportunities for these guys agreed and i was was starting to laugh because i thought you were about to make a play
0: on how megan talked about how you know she's only three three hours or so from kansas city the kansas city and maybe she was gonna make a weekend run there but you're talking about her neck, uh, I think interning at McDonald's, maybe starting as a team member. Megan, tell
1: us. That, yeah, that's right. So, so let me, let me correct that one. Uh, she's not going to eat at <laughs> McDonald's, uh, here. So good point, Scott. Good catch. <laughs> so what are you going to be doing for McDonald's, Megan? Chain
2: with McDonald's on the procurement side this summer. So not a hundred percent sure if it'll be the international, the domestic side, but, hopefully I'll find out in about a month or so
1: that is so, uh, that's outstanding Brian so, so so Megan uh just to expand on this so um I don't know the, the full story but what I've heard from Dr Stephanie Thomas is you came in and this was where you wanted to work this was your passion and 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 why it, why McDonald's
2: yeah so actually my sophomore year when I was looking for an internship Um, One, there wasn't a lot of opportunities in general for sophomores. Two, COVID made it even harder. Um, So my options were very limited. Um, So when I was looking, I came across the McDonald's internship and it just immediately stuck out to me, but I couldn't apply for it because I wasn't a junior standing. Um, So I ended up going with a different company. um, And that whole summer, like I was even telling the people I was working with, I'm like, this is where I want to intern next year. They would ask me what I wanted to do. I'm like, I want to go to mcdonald's their program sounds fantastic it seemed at the time hard to find a lot of good procurement internships here it was more transportation focused um so yeah that's the one i wanted and i knew that wasn't probably the best mindset going in my odds were very very low i didn't know anyone there at mcdonald's but um i made it through it uh i had a lot of people supporting me through the process i didn't quite have the confidence at the time to like, know I would succeed, but I had a lot of great faculty and peers surrounding me and lifting me up. And, and thankfully it all worked out and I was able to get the job.
0: Awesome. I don't believe that for a second. I, I see no shortage of confidence in all three of y'all and that that's one of the coolest things. Uh, cause it, it, it belies what, you know, it belies what you want to do and it belies your, your passion that you have. So Megan congrats, that is outstanding. Um, and we gotta, Hey, Got to put you on, connect you with Dial-P for Procurement. They're making procurement cool again. Uh, It already is, but uh, check out uh, Kelly Barnard, Dial-P. Spencer, and I want to talk about just really quick, Whirlpool, and then Angel, what you're already doing and have been doing at Walmart.
4: Spencer, what's coming up with you in Whirlpool? Whirlpool. I struggle with the same thing. (laughs) Uh, So I accepted a full-time job in their Global Supply Chain Leadership Development Program. So it's a three and a half year rotational. It starts with a, a year in, the, in uh, manufacturing and then it goes to supply chain and then procurement. So I, felt, I, I thought it was a great opportunity. Uh, I wanted to get more well-rounded in supply chain, kind of get a taste of everything. And then after right. that, I can spearhead exactly what I want to do
0: love it uh i love that and 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 especially the manufacturing angle that, that's where i've gotten the bulk of my my time as a practitioner I, in the manufacturing uh, industry and supporting it and you know uh, my granddad retired from kimberly clark uh, as a machine operator and I never had the chance because I, I growing up i don't know about y'all but in high school and college manufacturing was not it wasn't a big blind spot mm-hmm. for me so i didn't even stop and kind of ask him what he did day in and day out and that's a huge missed opportunity and that one plant tour changed all that so spencer really look forward to seeing what you're going to be doing at whirlpool i say that a little bit slower and congrats yeah. on that as well all right so angel uh so we've got megan doing big things at mcdonald's spencer doing th- big things at whirlpool both of them coming up soon but angel you've been at walmart i think i heard you say since 2015. and you know yeah. I think I saw in your background uh when it comes to global procurement you identified a $100,000 savings opportunity tell us about that.
3: Yeah, so uh this summer I was given the task of finding like high spend uh I guess materials or just stuff that basically there's like cutters and those types of materials that distribution centers use right and so i was given the task of like doing like a really big like spend analysis over all of these materials and finding items that were you know high spend items and trying to find the value behind them and trying to find you know potential savings uh through valuable substitutes through these products and so honestly i think the number off the top of my head i think like the total amount that i did like the spend analysis for was like about eight million dollars and so it was tons and tons and tons of like you know busy work and going real deep into it figuring out what exactly it is and uh one of the biggest skills that i've learned through my internship was how to manipulate data Uh, my manager was really big on it too it's not just numbers it's not just you know making a graph and calling it a day it's about telling a story through the numbers right telling a story through the data and uh figuring out how we can create value through this information that we get from the data and so, yeah, I've been working over at Walmart since about 2015, started off as a cart pusher, uh, moved into asset protection. Then I went into the uh, grocery pickup world and was there for a while. Um, and I really love it. I love how they, like, re- they're, really ve- they're team oriented, uh, really big on promoting from within. And you hear, even hear it from the CEO, Doug McMillan, about how he started off at the base level and then just moved us all the way up. And so I, honestly, I aspire to do, do the same in uh, my career. Uh, no doubts. And I, I got to share. I, I, I love that as well.
0: Those companies that promote within we, there's so much talent, whether you, you, you call it the frontline or, or what, wherever there's so much talent. Um, and, you know, we just, we just interviewed the other day, uh, Dr. Fugett, uh, Ke- uh actually Kelly Barter and I interviewed Ramona hood, who is now president mm-hmm. CEO of FedEx custom critical. Now Ramona, mm-hmm. uh, Angel Ramona started, I believe as a, as a 19 year old, uh, I think part-time administrative assistant and she was promoted within because she brought plenty to the table, plenty of value. They saw that they, they recognized it. And she became the first black CEO in the history of FedEx, mm-hmm. the company at any of their divisions. And let me tell you, she is a dynamo. Uh, if you ever get a chance to meet her and, and pick her brain, mm-hmm. she is incredible. So angel, I got no doubts. In fact, angel, spencer and megan big things are coming up uh soon brian i'm gonna give you the last word as we kind of we're taking a, we're breaking out kind of our crystal ball and kind of projecting with the path ahead a little bit brian what'd you hear here
1: yeah so so man i i i want to capture this video and show it to our students angel what you just said was about telling telling a story with the data is is the, is huge for the first for our students we you know we teach in our program and at all levels how to m- download manipulate clean et cetera, data how to analyze it run statistics on it um but that's the next step that we need to be doing and we're doing it some but we need to do it better um and and to hear you say that you know warms my heart uh as a as a teacher you know and and so Thank you for that. You know, I really appreciate that. What you'll see with the three of these is, you know, Angel started. What was your very first t-
3: job? Cart pusher. If I can ask you. A what? I was a cart pusher over at the store.
1: Yeah, so I thought I heard you say that, right? And so you started along that path. Spencer started a very different path, going off to a different location, you know, outside of Northwest Arkansas to, to, to Whirlpool. And then Megan, right? She's McDonald's and then who knows what where she's going to end up and just the diversity of, of career paths and, and backgrounds, uh, and where that's all headed. Um, you know, it, it, you're in this Scott, if, if you're in this world enough, you, you can be really, really optimistic about the future of supply chain, but business and our world. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it, it's, it's really rewarding to hear.
0: Well said. And that that I share that sentiment with you there. You know, if we go look there's lots and lots of good news and the best absolutely is yet to come. You know, it's been really cool to see supply this the supply chain industry, global industry evolve and, and get better and and you know, take its licks too. you know, um, mm-hmm. but uh, we're going to be better off and much stronger from learning from one of these last couple of years and certainly with folks like this coming into the industry uh, uh, with a passion for changing things and making it better for all parties. Uh, I agree with you, Brian. I wish we we could bottle that. Man, we'd have a product we could sell, fly off the shelves more than (laughs) toilet paper a couple of years ago. huh?
1: Um, All right. So we do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. You can describe what we're trying to figure out. We just don't have enough of it. So that's a good point. uh, Enough numbers. Great point uh all right so the talent
0: factory is alive and well all right so let's let's shift gears a bit uh i want to talk about we're talking we've we've referenced numerous times these last couple years right um lots of silver linings but still lots of of uh, it goes without saying tons of challenge right uh for all kinds of folks around the world but I want to get to a Eureka moment that each of y'all had and Dr. Fugit, you you're not gonna get out of answering this question. I'm gonna pose it to all four of y'all. So i want to uh, let's go back to, uh, Megan, let's go with you first here. So when you look back in the last couple of years, what's a key Eureka moment that you've had?
2: Yeah. So one thing I've been trying to really figure out as I start to go into the real world, so to speak, is like, what, what is my passion? What do I really want to do and how do I want to make an impact? I um, mean, for me, going into supply chain, I always knew there was a gender gap between men and women in supply chain, but I couldn't really tell you why. Um, and through the past couple of years here, it's really been obvious that it's a confidence issue. And most women really just don't have that confidence going into a field like supply chain that has been traditionally male dominated, that they have a voice and that they have a spot at the table. Um, and so I struggled with that myself but through the past two years through organizations like Women Impacting Supply Chain Excellence, I've been able to find my voice and I've been surrounded with people that have really up, up, uplifted me and have helped me realize that I'm good enough to be here. Um, and so what I'm trying to do is take what I've learned and keep pushing that on. So I now currently serve as the president of WISE. And one thing that we're really passionate about is growing that confidence in our, in our younger grade levels, in our seniors, juniors, sophomore, freshmen, so that starting early and earlier, women are finding that they have the ability to be the same, if not better than their male counterparts in the field. And the other cool thing that we've been able to do is we partnered with JB Hunt and Women in Trucking, and we were able to start reaching out to the Girl Scouts of America. And we just did a um, introduction to supply chain for our Girl Scouts and just finding ways like that um, to kind of show that supply chain is here and it's not just for men. And that has been definitely the biggest like aha moment for me is that there is a way we can start changing the future.
0: Megan, man, that is so awesome. One quick follow up. Uh, if you had one tip, one piece of advice to any of our listeners, regardless where they are in their journey, uh, that, that maybe you've benefited from that helped develop your confidence. What's one quick tip you'd offer them.
2: So this is like a small thing but just talk even when you don't feel comfortable. Um, I think one big thing for women is in a classroom when you're surrounded by, if you're surrounded by women, girls have no problem talking. They have no problem sharing the answer, but when you're put into a room with even like one or more than one male, suddenly girls don't wanna talk. So the thing that I have really been taught to kind of start doing is talk even when I don't feel like it, answer questions even when I feel uncomfortable. And through that, you can start getting more comfortable more confident in sharing your answers and then you can find your voice that way
0: megan man a million dollar piece of advice uh really appreciate mm-hmm. you sharing and and thanks for your transparency with your journey uh, that alone is going to help a bunch of people so uh and i love man talking supply chain with girl scouts um with with the, the maybe the next now generation i don't know what we call them but uh that is so cool to, to help develop and and make their light bulbs Pop, like Angel said earlier. Okay, let's see. We're talking Eureka moments. Uh, we started with Megan uh, Spencer. Let's come to you next.
4: Sure. So it was actually a couple of years ago, uh, pretty much around the time I was getting really into supply chain, and uh, the trade war hit. So this was pre-COVID, and this was the first big event that was like, I was like, okay, this is this is what I'm going to be having to deal with for my career, like it's interesting. Let's, let's try and figure this out. Um, you know, cause there was those, those products like soybeans, lumber, steel, all that, you know, there's starting to get some shortages there or more prices, price increases. So I feel like that was a really big Eureka moment where just trying to understand that. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and it was an explosion of, completely like massive disruptions. So I, th- I thought that was a great precursor to just kind of get into it, start studying it. And it set me up well for, st- um, continue to study like all the changes. Love that. Uh, and well, it's
0: also painful because the hits kept, uh, kept coming for a global supply mm-hmm. chain. Right? And, and unfortunately, uh, not to make light that they, they continue to come uh, with what we're seeing uh, take place uh, across Europe now. So um, but, Spencer, I also love what, how you started the, I believe the front end of your answer. You know I, what I picked up on is, uh, is how you love to sit down and kind of figure it out and, and, and with other folks, right. Uh, mm-hmm. whether you're negotiating, whether you're problem solving, whether you're trying to get past many of the obstacles that, um, you know, new and old that inhibit supply chain teams and organizations from making it happen each and every day that communication, that willingness to work with all kinds of parties just to figure out the path ahead. It's so critical, not just supply chain, wish our our government might uh, take a page out of global supply chain, maybe figure some things out. But nevertheless, um, thank you for that, Spencer Uh, Angel, Eureka moments these last couple of years. What's one that comes to mind?
3: Yeah, I think for me, it would definitely be how impactful supply chain is in our day to day lives. Um, and I really just kind of focused in on that during my internship this summer, uh, just noticing that it's not just solely on, you know, brick and mortar stores. It's also in the e-commerce world with, with, you know, products that you order online used to take maybe like one or two days to get delivered to your house. Now they take one or two months to get delivered. Right. Um, and even it's not just, you know, like the retailers, like I mentioned, it's also like, you know, manufacturers, if cars aren't making enough vehicles, prices on them goes up. Um, and even hospitals, they also have some type of supply chain as well. Right. Uh, they got to source their materials from somewhere. They got to source their equipment from somewhere, their medication from somewhere and their consumer are the patients that come in and without it, they're not able to run, uh, efficiently. So that's what was kind of my aha moment. How like big supply chain is. And it's not just solely on like the retail world. It's not just solely on getting a product from point A to point B. It's just everywhere. And it's really hard to avoid.
0: Angel, excellent sentiment. You know, that ripple effect, um, you know, arguably the ripple effect, it can be felt the most in supply chain. You know, uh, I, know I know Dr. Fugit, you've got automotive experience. Man, uh, I got a little bit of automotive experience and whatever it takes to avoid those line shutdowns and those penalty mm-hmm. fees, you know, uh, it, it's amazing. Uh, the tolerances and, and the engineering, it, you know, one little small change. Man, it's a massive ripple effect, upstream or downstream. But but beyond all of that, uh, Doctor Fugit, when you when it comes to eureka moments, I bet you've had no shortage, especially rubbing elbows with these folks uh, and folks like them every day. Uh, what comes to mind for you?
1: Yeah, so just a uh, just a quick comment on on this ripple effect, right? What you're talking about is the bullwhip effect, is what what each of these students have participated in uh, a beer yesterday distribution game no beer but um <laughs> right and i know you've played that and and we taught that for uh, for i mean 30 way before i was in the industry right um this goes way back to like the 70s that whole simulation about the ripple effects little wiggles at the consumer end or at the manufacturer creates massive wiggles upstream right and then we saw it right in front of us happening every every week right every month and and so that gets at you know kind of the eureka moment is obviously you know just covid that that didn't go away quickly um mm. and and the next thing the next uncertainty so um and then the impact on how the impact on society angel said it right you know how supply chains impact our lives is is what i realized um in a in a unique way maybe so for 20 years being in this career we've been preaching supply chain and how impactful it is and you're spending and you've heard the story right and you've done this you have to explain to people what supply chain management is you know what do you do for a living what's that uh you know is that really a job and and those kinds of things and 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 teaching students trying to open their eyes to it and then boom all of a sudden everybody knows not necessarily in a great way but they know (laughs) the importance of it they know the expansive nature the integrated nature so that's always hard to explain too that it's not just being as dr david Dobrokowski says you know a a liquor kicker sticker right a box liquor (laughs) kicker sticker so it's not just trucking right it's how everything globally impacts and and so then where it hits you Impacting students and, and what's going on in the world is, is how it impacts every, everybody's lives. So both things like ESG, things like what Megan is talking about, the S part of ESG, you know, impacting diversity, impacting uh, it impacts lives. And so what are we doing? What are we doing? Taking on that responsibility? What are we doing to impact that environmental? And then and then policy. Right. So that that has come to light now when we go into classrooms and we're trying to influence this at the University of Arkansas across the discipline. And and others are, too. We're working with other universities on on both our research, but how we teach, Mm. making sure that students understand that connection between supply chain and, and regulations and policies. Because our whole career, it's been training them to be managers and to think about the business case, which is we still do. But we also have to add on this bigger societal impact, so I'll stop there. I could talk forever, but uh love the love the answers here um and and I'll also say, so megan, you, I think you guys like mapped a Girl Scout cookie, right all the way from source to customer. you actually it wasn't just a uh you know, you just made it up, right? You actually did it, which was really cool. so I don't know if you want to talk about that for just a little bit.
2: Yeah, sure. We had to come up with a lot of different activities for the Girl Scouts to do. So we basically took, we had the entire Girl Scout cookie supply chain all the way down to like when the Girl Scout is a part of the supply chain too, they're delivering it to consumers. We mapped it all out and we made three different ones. One for high school girls obviously can take it on a higher level than let's say your five and six year olds. So we really, you know, brought that down to a lower level, but it was really fun to see and watch the girls realize like, Hey, I'm actually a part of this. I might not know it yet, but I'm a part of the supply chain. And just getting to see that sort of um, impact we're making on them was really exciting. And they got Girl Uh, Scout supply chain badges, too, which was awesome.
0: Oh, that's really cool. Now, you know, for the Thin Mint value stream, we got to add a node. And that's my house here. Uh, We (laughs) love those Thin Mints. Uh, But (laughs) kidding aside, I love, you you know, you know, mapping that out and really helping, uh, even the, the, you know, the girl scouts, the, the children, um, uh, elementary students, middle school students, maybe, maybe even high schoolers, you know, to see the big picture, um, what a great win there and to get a badge, uh, yeah. important in their journey. So thank you for sharing Megan. Uh, all right. So let's see here. I want to talk for a second. You know, so Gartner came out, uh, and, uh, you know, Per the sign behind Angel and behind Spencer, and we've seen that the, the sign behind Spencer on Sports Center and Game Day, College Game Day for years it seems like now. But Gartner came out and ranked University of Arkansas the number one supply chain school in the country. Uh, it's got to be what a prestigious uh, rec- uh, accolade that would be. Um, so I want to start with Angel, and then we'll go back uh, across Spencer and Megan. What makes the University of Arkansas, in particular, the supply chain management program? so special
3: I think what makes it so special is that they actually give us real world professionals that have been working in the field for years uh, to kind of like explain all of the concepts to us and lecture us about the concepts and apply it in the real world so it's not just busy work that they're giving us it's not just you know just content that's not going to be important to us um they actually come in and they've been working in there for years they're leaders inside of the fields currently even some of them vice presidents presidents of managing large corporations and telling us about how it impacts their lives and giving us situations that we could apply in the future as well. Um, And our professors also invite other guest speakers into our classrooms to kind of lecture us and are also great leaders inside the supply chain world uh, to teach us about the concepts we're learning in class and teach us about the importance of it. Um, Another big thing that makes the University of Arkansas so special is uh, the supporting cast that we have. Uh, there's tons and tons and tons of opportunities for us to improve ourselves uh, academically and professionally. Uh, you know, there's a career center that provides us uh, the opportunity to nitpick our resumes and make it the best possible we can, and even our LinkedIn profile pages, uh, because, I mean, that's the way that we market ourselves. That's our brand. And so it'll tell us how to improve on that make that look professional make it look more appealing to gain more traction a little bit.
0: Wow, man, he shared. That was uh, I couldn't keep up uh, my my notes with you there, Uh, Angel. That's a lot of good stuff about the University of Arkansas and what you know, kind of the approach and the benefits. Uh, Spencer and Megan, that's gonna be tough to beat. But uh, uh, Megan, let's start with you. What what else would you add to that list? What makes the place so special?
2: I'm gonna try not to repeat anything he said, but he covered a lot. But I think you know to add on to what he just said, our faculty. Most of them have all worked in industry, which I think is just such an advantage that we have. And on top of that, not only do they have that experience, but everyone in this area, like faculty, industry professionals, they want to give back. And I think that's what's so unique about that area is it seems like everyone here just has a passion to help the next generation become better than they were. So you'll see like our faculty, our industry professionals, and even your peers will do everything in their power to help you to succeed. Like you don't have to look to find an internship, someone will connect you with someone. You don't have to look to join an organization, like someone will be there to invite you. You don't have to do anything on your own because you're surrounded by all these people that if you just send them an email or say hi, they're already offering you everything that they can to help you to succeed and reach your goals.
0: Okay, Um, excellent, Megan, Uh, Spencer. Man, they may have wiped out all of your uh, answers here, but what what would you add?
4: Well, I'd say something a little similar, but just the plethora of options that you have to get into the supply chain industry, whether it's, you know, the big fortune 500 companies coming in to campus, you know, looking for supply chain, or it's like the supply chain leadership class I took last semester where we would have executives come in to chat, talk about their life story, and then give Pretty much advice on the supply chain industry and how to get into the field how to be successful uh, it, it was just a great i guess lots of talking points and opportunities where you know if, if you have that drive to get into the industry it's not going to be hard to find something that um, wants you and that you fit perfectly in
0: all right um so uh dr fugit they painted quite the picture of what goes on at the university of Arkansas and what makes it so special. And to that, that successful engaging talent factory uh, that it, mm-hmm. it's really become it's helping to change industry. That's gotta make, that's gotta be like music to your ears to hear uh, Angel Spencer and Megan talk about you and your team.
1: Yes. Yes, no doubt. I think uh, I'm going to try to hire them on in, into <laughs> development here. Um, right. You know, they, they really couldn't have said it better. They, the, you know, it obviously starts with the people. Um, it starts with the people here at the university, and, and they're exactly right. We hire strategically to make sure that our faculty have worked, that are, continue, that are the type of, of researchers who stay active in the industry, with industry, and connect our students to industry in real time. And so that's, that's crucial for us. Um, and then they also hit on this, you know, the obvious, uh, regional, uh, advantage that we have with all the major, major companies, the, you know, 1800 suppliers located here. Um, if we're, we're one of the largest programs in the country in terms of undergraduate students, and yet we can't even come close to satisfying the demand just here in Northwest Arkansas, um, our students aren't, they don't want a job if they don't have if they don't get a job and that, and that's mm. true. Uh, and, and so we have a, you know, a, a huge advantage of being so closely connected with industry and we have faculty who, who work on that and we have amazing talent coming in. Um, you know, we're, uh, it, it's, it's exciting, you know, we don't have to do much for the angels and the Spencers and the Megans, you know, they come in here and and they push us, right? Uh, They get, they have a passion for this space and they push us. Megan's pushed wise. Uh, She's advanced at working with Dr. Stephanie Thomas, Spencer with ASCA. Um, And so they've done a great job. I think maybe at the core of all of that is what we're trying to do that's differently and what we're continuing to push ourselves on is separating the, the, the traditional educational experience where you came into the classroom, you were prepared for this potential future. Mm. What we're trying to do is reduce that gap, that time gap. And they come into the classroom and then in that classroom that week, they get put on a project in industry with industry. They apply, they learn, they fail, they learn, they fail, they learn, they fail, right? And they learn, and and so they're that much more prepared to hit the ground running, and they hit the ground running like Megan, right, as a sophomore, junior, uh, a senior, in internships and those kinds of things. And so that's what I believe, you know, is is at the core of of what we're trying to do, and 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 how we're just. We're just holding out our hand and saying, "Students, here's a bunch of opportunities. Take advantage of it." And they do. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what clearly, we're
0: clearly. All right. So on your, you know, speaking of what you love, uh, before we make sure we go around the horn and, and let our listeners know how they can connect with this incredible panel, uh, Doctor Fugit, what give me one thing that make that that uh, speaks to how much you love to inspire, uh, to inform, to engage. But to teach
1: uh one thing um so the the first thing that comes to mind is is if you teach if you teach students will and you do a good job which right um hopefully we do uh students will come back five years later and 10 years later and and describe the impact you you had right you just you didn't create it, but you created an opportunity, like I said, for them to have an impact, and and they actually listen to you. <laughs> I know that you know. Often you'll get up there, and you don't you're not sure they're really paying attention, um, <laughs> and and then years later they'll say, you know, you said this one thing, uh, that that I now get, and it impacted me, and and that makes all the difference. You know, just to be a part of that. Right. Well, I got to tell you. uh,
0: in those accounting classes and the economics classes at least angel and megan were talking about i was not listening in my college career and i apologize to those professors down the road it wasn't clicking with me uh, that no one <laughs> trusts me with math around here but hey um i really it's all that kidding aside uh dr Fugit. i love that i can just imagine i can see that in fact i can see it in the future of angel spencer and megan here um you know you mm-hmm. you, you you take during your college experiences, right? You learn kind of what Megan was saying, you kind of stand on the shoulders of so many, and then you you go big at the industry and then you find a way to to give back and help others Mm -hmm. do the same things and kind of paint it forward. So I love how you put that, uh, Brian. Okay. I hate to close the conversation. I feel like there's so much more here. I know we're just scratching the surface, but to have y'all back as you go and do big things uh, throughout the rest of the year. But let's go around the horn, make sure folks, our listeners, uh, hopefully you've enjoyed as much as I have, can connect with each of our guests here. And I want to start with Spencer. Spencer, how can folks connect with you?
4: Yeah, easiest would be to connect with me on LinkedIn, send me a message. Um, I'm on there a couple of times, uh, you know, making updates and and just seeing what's happening in the supply chain industry. So that's easiest for me all right and again uh folks on our episode page you'll see
0: uh their bios and some of these social links you're just one click away from connecting with our panel thank you spencer megan same question
2: yeah same as spencer linkedin works best for me as well feel free to connect with me and send me a message
3: wonderful and angel yeah uh best way to connect with me same thing on linkedin and if you guys really want to give me a follow on instagram you can too uh, it is Chancho the Rapper, C-H-A-N-C-H-O-T-H-E-R-A-P-P-E-R. But no, I'm not a rapper. I just like Chance the oh. Rapper. And my name <laughs> is Chancho, so, you know. I thought you were holding <laughs> out
0: on us, Angel, man. I was, I was going to ask you for uh, uh, but, but it. But thank beat, you for clarifying. Huh? <laughs> yeah, Yeah, I thought you were holding out. Wait, um, I really appreciate uh, all three of y'all and uh, spending some time with us here today. But uh, before we sign off and thank our guests, um, Brian, home run panel. Uh, we're going to wrap with you in just a second, and and I'll I'll, I'll thank our guests, and we'll, and we'll uh, start to close. But your last comment to our panel before we uh, we thank them, and they go on about their very busy day.
1: Yeah. So so thank you again um, for what for the impact that you've made, uh, Spencer, Megan, and Angel. Uh, you really have made an impact on on not just the the faculty here, um, but other students. I hear it uh thank you for inspiring those and and we're just excited to see what you're gonna do uh then lastly stay in touch uh i know megan we got you um for a little while longer but but the rest of you stay in touch and 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 follow scott uh as you go out you want to continue to learn well you'll you'll you continue you'll want to continue to learn right um and and he's on top of it and, and supply chain now and so you know, pay attention to those things and, and they'll impact your day to day. So mm. thank you all.
0: Thank you, Dr. Fugit. I really appreciate that. And again, it's such a pleasure to connect with all of y'all. I want to say a big thanks to uh, Angel de la Cruz Calleros, uh, Megan Formwalt, and Spencer Ligon. All the very best, y'all. Hopefully we can we can put our finger back on the pulse of what you're doing. But thanks for spending time with us here today. Thank you. Thank you.
3: It's been an honor. Thank you. Bet. Awesome!
0: Wow, uh, Brian, home run stuff. And and I, I was being serious. I've been known to bust a beat from time to time. Uh, but but I'll I'll bring you back on. We talk when we mix music, uh, adult beverages, and supply chain. It's one heck of an hour. So we'll, we'll have to <laughs> you have to be our guest at one of our our later live streams there. But kidding aside. Holy cow, Angel and Megan and Spencer, I, I, we didn't cover enough ground in an hour. We could spend six hours and we'd still be
1: uh, learning from what they've, you know, what they're passionate about, what they want to do, and what they already know. That's right. That's right. And and so first of all, I'm not going to let you get by with with blowing that comment off. I'm going to hold you to rapping. So okay. we're going to come back sometime when I'm going to hear you rap. Let's uh, do it. <laughs> you can hear by my accent. I can't rap. So uh, but but no doubt, no doubt. Um, and I, I'd be remiss to say that, you know, these are three of our many, 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 many students and 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 you got to who are all awesome. I mean, they really are. And so you got a glimpse into what we get every day. Um, It's, it's, you know, it's why we come into the classroom and, and uh, and I've said it many times during that session, but they inspire you. So, and that's what I hear you saying. And, and it's exciting. Completely, completely,
0: Um, you know, we, we say this from time to time, but we could just about, if we could have wired them up to the electrical grid, the three of them, they'd power power cities we'd be we'd be more sustainable on mm-hmm. some of our municipalities mm-hmm. um the passion the um the intentional intentionality maybe i'm going make up words here mm-hmm. but how focused mm-hmm. they are on what they see in industry what they want to do um how deliberate they've been and just their journeys i know um you know when i was a senior or a junior in college i didn't put nearly the plan that each of those three folks have put in their journey till this point and organizations, whoever they go to work with, um, work for, and whoever works for them, they're going to benefit from, from these, these dynamos. So thank you so much for bringing them here today uh, from the university of Arkansas. And uh, speaking of which, as we wrap here, how can folks connect with you, Dr. Fugit, and uh, the university of Arkansas?
1: yeah so the you know you i know you're going to provide a link but you can go to our website the university of arkansas walton college supply chain management department to see all the all the opportunities um and and how to connect with us you know we've got undergraduate programs master's programs online face-to-face you know all those different options uh for those wanting to connect in as well as industry uh partnership uh supply chain management research center where we partner with industries and so we would love for you to reach out uh the easiest way for me directly is linkedin um so you'll you'll that's that's the best way to connect with me wonderful uh well hey had a blast today
0: thank you so much uh dr brian fugit for making this possible for bringing uh angel megan and spencer to us here today they've got such bright futures they're they're, they're they a bright present. It's not just the future. It's a bright present based on what they're doing. So big thanks to you and the University of Arkansas team. Uh, to our listeners, hey, hopefully you enjoyed this conversation as much as we have. This has been a home run a discussion here today. Be sure to check out, be sure to connect with Dr. Fugit on LinkedIn, of course, our panel. Be sure to check out the University of Arkansas. Whatever you do, though, hey, be like our panel. Be like Brian here. Hey, do good. Give forward